Travellers, and welcome to Podcast 79 in our series, You Should Have Been There, with me, Mick Webb. And me, Simon Calder. And today we have another colourful podcast, Reds, Greens, Ambers. We're taking our cue from the latest um, simplified guidance from the Transport Secretary about where in the world you can and can't go and where you shouldn't be right now, even if you didn't know that when you went there. And as a nod to the Olympics just finishing, we'll be comparing the respective delights of two greenlit but underrated Central European countries, Slovenia and Slovakia, which will win the gold as most, or should I say more, attractive destination. Ah, well, I think a new tourism Olympics is food for thought. But first, let me catch up with you, Simon. Um, I don't think you're in South London, are you? And I presume not in Mexico either. So where are you talking to us from? I am on the beautiful concourse at St Pancras International Station, a place which you and I know well. We've begun and ended uh, a number of journeys here. But uh, I'm looking across at the Eurostar platforms where Actually, there is more activity than there has been for many, many months. And that's because France has lost its um, uh, rather unusual Amber Plus uh, (laughs) rating. It's now straightforward Amber, which means that it's green for those of us lucky enough to have been vaccinated twice. Um, Yes, uh, just at 4 a.m. on Sunday morning, 20 days of being locked into this strange nether world ended And um, it's now just the same as everywhere else. Oh, and I presume you're going to be uh, talking to travellers who are on their way to France and uh, coming back from it. But um, I know that while I've been at home in Streatham, South London, working on my uh, soon-to-be-award-winning travel memoir and venturing out occasionally to swim in the vast and chilly Tooting Bet Lido, you've been busy answering questions from readers of The Independent and responding to their concerns. So what's been at the top of your postbag, or I suppose I should say inbox? Well, a really good example has just popped up. I almost said pinged, that would be inappropriate, <laughs> from Emma Hussein. And this just shows the sheer confusion that reigns in what is a very complex uh, system of rules um, that's been dreamed up by the UK government and, of course, has variants of its own in Wales, Northern Ireland and Scotland. And um, Emma simply wants to know, travelling to Greece soon, fully vaccinated, Is a negative PCR test required to leave the UK or just to return? Oh, what's going on there then? I'm being told to keep my personal belongings to me at all times, which I will promise to do. I think you should, Uh, yeah. Sorry, so poor old Emma. So so, uh, the answer to her question, do you need a negative PCR to leave or just to return to the UK? The answer, of course, is neither. You do not need a test to go to Greece if you're fully jabbed. And when you're coming back, despite yet more mayhem perpetrated by the Transport Secretary Grant Shapps when he said this week he'd really like us to take a PCR test before coming back from Spain, actually, wherever you're coming back from, a lateral flow test will do to board the plane home. You're still going to need a PCR um, for the day you return to the UK or one of the two following days, and you'll be booking that and paying for it in advance so that there is no escape. 
Well, from where I'm sitting, which is mostly on the sofa, either watching uh, Olympic events or the news, Mexico is the uh, place that's really uh, in the eye of the travel storm. And so um, I want to ask you something. If you were stuck there for a few weeks or even months, let's say, unable to afford quarantine or the inflated cost of a return ticket, what would you do to pass the time? Oh, what a great question. And of course, that's because at 4am on Sunday morning, uh, I joined the red list because of fears of the Colombian variant. And uh, two plane loads of British Airways uh, passengers actually made it back to Gatwick um, shortly after 2am. If there'd been anything like a medical emergency, then hundreds of them would have had to go into hotel quarantine at uh, very inflated cost but what a place to be stuck i can find i can think of very few places that i would rather be told sorry you're here for the duration and um, as long as you've got a sort of slightly generous uh, credit card allowance well how, how um, wonderful it would be and i would probably go to uh south of the yucatan the main holiday area of course and i'd probably just go to chiapas san cristobal de las casas where um, it's a a very different, very tranquil part of Mexico. Of course, um, uh, you might recall Sir Comandante Marcos, and that's a Eurostar train just heaving into life behind me, uh, which is uh, quite exciting. Um, (laughs) Sounds like somebody is just doing their hoovering, but they're not. Uh, And uh, when I took up my, my post here to talk to you, I expected a few sort of wheezes and grumbles, but uh, let's see how we get on with that. (laughs) So where would you be in Mexico, Mick? Well, I like the idea of Chiapas because uh, that is the highlands of uh, of the Mayan um, civilization and uh, I've never been there but uh, San Cristobal looks absolutely lovely and I think when the Hoover uh, interrupted you you were talking about Subcomandante Marcos who about uh, what would it be 30 years ago now I expect um, led a rather splendid um, rebellion of mainly um, uh, Mayan descendants uh, against the uh, central government and um, of course very close to the uh, Guatemalan frontier as well so a lot to be found in the uh, in the deep south of Mexico and maybe maybe I would actually go a little bit west from there to the Pacific coast to Puerto Escondido um, this uh, lovely forgotten port and all the uh, laid-back beach bars there but where would you be Mick? Uh, I would be Possibly a little simpler in my uh, in my suggestions. I'd just say, well, look, if you're going to be uh, in Cancun, which a lot of people will be, or uh, down down that uh, strip of uh, of of uh, white sand, but um, very uh, developed uh, coastline, uh, I would just head inland for a small town like Valladolid, which is very beautiful, has an absolutely wonderful uh, museum of folk art. Or to one of the lesser known but still utterly beautiful um, Mayan sites like Uxmal, U-X-M-A-L, which is just south of Merida and is uh, is an absolutely stunning place where even if you didn't spend a few weeks there, you could certainly spend a few days um, wandering around and uh, drinking in the atmosphere. Uh, yes, and on the subject you mentioned there, Merida, who could forget uh, your great um, uh, description of the 
main square in Merida, which um, I recall Linda tweeted about to at you should have BT. She said, I love that you noted Merida, a most wonderful, safe, easy winter retreat on the Gulf of Mexico. This was a few weeks ago, Mick. Just checked zero new COVID-19. So we're looking forward to heading there in January. Um, and I'm not sure what the chances are. I imagine that actually by January, everything will have calmed down. We may even have lost these traffic lights altogether. But uh, Mick, I remember your, your uh, very, very um, uh, compelling words about um, the particular attraction of the main square in Merida. Can you remind us, please? Almost ideal. Um, a large square uh, in the centre of which a tiny jungle of trees um, and uh, wandering salespersons selling all kinds of delicious food, uh, offering to clean your shoes, which uh, in my case is a bit of a kind of a, uh, a uh, hopeless task, and um, uh, possibly above all, the strange and wonderful chairs called confidentialis, um, which are a oh. kind of S-shaped where you can sit um very close to somebody else, but not actually next to them, if you see what I mean. We will have to look at the photo anyway on our uh, on our website. Um, and uh, it seems to me that it's the ideal place for an assignation or a, um, a bit of uh, dodgy dealing. I don't know. Uh, what do you think? Have you ever sat in one? I have not. I'm looking forward very much in confidence to uh, trying out uh, one of these uh, great, great... Um, uh, inventions and I will be there as soon as Mexico uh, is is as green as um, as as can be. But uh, that won't be for a while, I'm afraid, Linda. Well, let's come back to the realms of possibility and realistic travel. Uh, which countries are actually on the new green list? And I suppose which ones would you uh, choose to go to? Well, the green list, of course, conceived on the 17th of. Uh, May, uh, consisting then largely of places you couldn't go to. Um, Ireland deserves a special mention because it is has constantly been super green in the fact that there's no testing, no quarantine at all coming in from that, the only country in the world uh, from which that is the case. Um, and what we saw was a very significant expansion. 4am Sunday morning, Austria, Germany, Latvia, Norway, Romania, Slovakia and Slovenia all got moved from amber to green. That means that they are accessible to travellers who haven't been vaccinated and effectively you can come in from any of them and you will um, well get a free pass, although of course you have to test before you come to the UK and then test again on arrival. But obviously the easiest one to get to, even if it is now um, amber, uh, is France. Uh, is, is there a sort of safe or sane way of getting there? Yes, there is. And you can hop on the uh, Eurostar train from here. I was actually just down at the departures area. It looked almost normal. I mean, the schedule is still only a few trains every day but that's a straightforward way of getting there and um across the channel the you had the fine sight of the dieppe to new haven ferry dawdling outside um the port in sussex um just to make sure it didn't arrive before 4 a.m on sunday so the ferries will be filling up um but of course uh, you know here we are um in effectively second week of august for lots of people uh the the vacances are 
now over. But uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting across to France and enjoying everything uh, on offer there, except possibly for the pop music. Well, they've produced many a good ballad and some very interesting rap as well. But now here's the bit that I've been looking forward to, um, Slovenia and Slovakia, because they're both on the green list. I suspect they're not going to be um, overwhelmed um, uh, by tourists uh, from the UK. Uh, So I think I'm going to champion Slovenia in our um, Olympic competition uh, and that's partly because I've never been to Slovakia so you will have to convince me that it's better uh, and uh, I know you have been there you've been to both haven't you I have and look size isn't everything but actually uh, what you've got in Slovenia is a country pretty much exactly the size of Wales with two million people in with um, Slovakia you've got a country two and a half times the size of Wales with two and a half times the number of people, which I would say uh, makes a lot lot for a lot more diversity and interest. So off we go. Well, as we're nothing if not topical, let's start with a comparison of their um, Olympic medals. Slovenia definitely has more and it's got three golds this year, which is uh, actually pretty good going. And it's only been a country since uh, 91, I think, 1991, after the uh, breakup, uh, the very bloody breakup of the the country formerly known as Yugoslavia. And their three medals, which I think are actually interesting, are in um, uh, uh, road cycling... Um, that's the uh, uh, the men's road time trial, slalom canoeing, and sport climbing. Um, the women's sport climbing, which I watched, and uh, the winner uh, Yanya Garnbrett, um was absolutely astonishing, and it brought back to my mind uh, the terrifying experience of climbing up La Cheminée in uh, uh, Mount Canigou in the Pyrenees when both of us went on a climbing uh, course of approximately one hour before we set off on the journey to do this. And uh, I cannot tell you how terrified I was before I (laughs) started uh, my bit of bouldering. (laughs) But but as it turned out, yes, the South London venue for our, our our climbing turned out to be um well worth the investment and we scampered up to, to to the top with neither of us falling off and with one of those fantastic things where you think well surely surely we can't be here already and actually it's slightly more treacherous coming down the other side on a very icy path um uh, but uh we we um we we definitely survived it so sport climbing i'm not going to enter uh, the Olympics, but uh, but I, I salute, salute Slovenia's um, uh, sport climbing medals. But I think the I think the fact that, uh, uh, you know, uh, climbing uh, and uh, bike racing and slalom canoeing suggests that this is a country with, uh, despite its small size, um, with a great outdoors and um, much, um, much possibility for um, adventure walking climbing it's got a beautiful lake called lake bled which is a a wonderful probably glacial lake uh and uh i've spent a bit of time in ljubljana the capital which is utterly wonderful um it's like a uh if you it's if you could imagine uh or invent a uh, a 
um, a tiny capital of your own. I think it would probably look a bit like uh, like Ljubljana with a very pretty little river running through it. Some very um, surprisingly colourful uh, buildings from the beginning of the 20th century, the secessionist architectural movement, uh, and a hill in the middle with a castle on top. What more could you want? Well, you, you, yes, and I'm having to uh, try to answer back with uh, Bratislava, which, um, well, just a reminder, of course, that Slovakia um, ha- has kind of existed as much as uh, it can for, for many centuries. Uh, 1918, it was uh, united with uh, the Czech Republic and got very similar uh languages and so on and that was a a country all the way through um until 1993 when it fell apart in the velvet um divorce as opposed to uh the horrible goings on in um in in former yugoslavia yeah Um, but true yeah uh, yeah. bratislava which is notable for being um there's two capital cities in europe that are very very close together bratislava and vienna just 40 miles apart but Bratislava certainly doesn't um, compete against against Austria's capital for beauty, nor indeed Prague, nor indeed, it must be said, uh, lovely Ljubljana. Um, What it has got going for itself is a a, a very, very pleasant um, old town and some uh, quite spectacular Soviet architecture, which if you like that sort of thing, and some people do, uh, you might find appealing. But uh, no, Metropolitan, uh, in, in terms of the capitals, um, Slovenia is most definitely the gold medal winner. Well, what about other world-beating things to see? I, I've read, actually, and uh, this unfortunately is giving um, a point to the opposition, that Slovakia has more castles than any other country in the world. Is, is, that, is that a fact? I mean... I'm going to claim it. Um, I, I haven't uh, kind of cross-referred them everywhere, but that is exactly the uh, great um, uh, great joy of the place. And indeed, um, in at the end of the uh, 20th century, I actually went on a, uh, a, a fact-finding mission with none other than Martin Randall of Martin Randall Travel. And uh, he was going out, um, spotting castles, which wasn't very difficult. You, you could just scan the horizon. There's one over there, one over there. And it is uh, quite joyful because it is, I guess, the classic Central European nation. Um, it has been invaded by everybody kind of every other fortnight for the past 2,000 years. Um, and it, it, it's, yes, it looks as though it is slightly fossilised. And, of course, that... Um, is is much more the case once you get over to the east of the country, which has been less um, affected by modern life, and also heading north into the Tatra Mountains, which separates Slovakia from Poland. Uh, Some glorious landscapes. And one day, Mick, I hope to persuade you to walk across from Slovakia into Poland, or indeed vice versa, uh, and enjoy... Uh, mountains which go up to about yeah, two and a half, three thousand uh, meters in places. So, a, a joy to be in. And the the, the classic city is Kosice, which is over towards the east, and that's the second city. And um, uh, from most points of view, actually a lot more uh, uh, appealing and alluring. And uh, 
you're getting towards the corner of Slovakia, which used to be part of Ruthenia, which was a very short-lived Central European nation with parts in Ukraine and in, in Hungary. But that's another story, and they are certainly not at the uh, Olympic races. And of course, we also don't have time to really compare and contrast uh, Slovenia's very fine mountain range, the Julian Alps, with the uh, Tatra Mountains, is it? Yes, and actually Triglav, the uh, highest point in Slovenia, is um, about sort of 100 metres higher. It's uh, nearly 3,000 metres um, and uh, just just pips uh, the Gerlachovska, uh, uh, which is the highest uh, uh, mountain in Slovakia, which interestingly perhaps used to be called Stalin Peak, um, but uh, not, not, not beyond the 1960s. Ah, <laughs> oh, well, I think that's another hard one point for Slovenia. And- it is. And I also think um, I might be going to um, get ahead of you when it comes to uh, food and drink, because Slovenia has a very fine uh, wine growing district, um, which I've got the train through, actually, uh, once on my my way from um, Ljubljana into uh, neighbouring Croatia. uh, And it went through the vineyards around Maribor, which is a uh, a fine ah. and uh, once a European uh, city of culture and the second city of uh, Slovenia and well worth a, a visit, um, if only to sample the very very fine wines of the region. Yes, um, you 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 can take the the wine gold. Um, I will be uh, going for um, uh, personally a, a Zlati Bazant, which is apparently the golden pheasant brewery. Uh, the beer in Slovakia is uh, predictably good. Some would say not quite as good as Czech beer, but uh, but it's perfectly good enough uh, for me. Ah, well, I think I'm going to beat you when it comes to beaches for the obvious reason that uh, <laughs> Slovakia is totally landlocked. And uh, Slovenia does have a tiny bit of uh, coastline. To be honest, I haven't uh, sampled it. And oh, I think... Oh. Oh, you have, have you? I have, and it is absolutely beautiful. It's uh, Considering they've got, I think, at a pinch, maybe 30 miles of coast, um, they pack in an enormous amount. The beautiful port of Piran, which is a lovely medieval kind of antidote to uh, Venice across the uh, Adriatic. And then um, just very, well, walking distance from it, um, Porto Roj, which is just a joyful place to be it's just an absolutely lovely standard seaside resort but with um, a beautiful bay and lovely sunsets and good places to eat and drink so I'm afraid I'm completely talking myself into uh, agreeing with you that uh, Slovenia although um, so much smaller and smaller population is, uh, is, is definitely the more compelling green country on the on the list. Well, I think uh, that's very gracious of you to seed defeat. Um, And uh, we haven't talked about uh, ease of getting to, getting around, cost and all that sort of thing. But uh, for another day, maybe. And in fact, if anybody is uh, listening who has been to these countries and would like to um, add their own um, uh, four penny worth to our uh, uh, rather biased assessment, then please do on Twitter at you should have uh, BT. 
I think maybe we should have a travel Olympics of our own with um, all kinds of events. And of course, we welcome listener suggestions. Um, it could be for things like uh, navigation, whether that's um, around a country or indeed um, around the current travel regulations. <laughs> um, so, uh, yes. Uh, and of course, we've heard a lot about Omnium, uh, the, the kind of uh, cycling decathlon. There must be some... Um, uh, uh, s- s- some very uh, good opportunities for uh, multi, yes, m- multi-activity uh, things, such as maybe just getting from here in London, St Pancras, to the south of France um, as a British person who has the NHS app, because there is talk that you may not be allowed on the TGV, the high-speed train going south from Paris, if you don't have the... Um, you digital covid certificate so yes um and it's it's one of those things like the olympics it's uh, you know the bold and the desperate are the people who will hopefully make it Ah, well, if you need to take an app on a phone, that rather spoils my suggestion, which was that competitors, uh, contestants, should actually not be allowed to take any um, electronic uh, assistance whatsoever. No navigational aids other than a map and maybe a copy of our friend Tristan Gooley's uh, Natural Navigation book. A very, very good idea. Um, And, of course, there's many other Travel Olympic uh, enterprises. Finding Platform 15D at Leeds Railway Station. (laughs) I would put uh, pretty pretty near the top. Okay, well, I'd I'd have one as well, which is um, actually catching the right bus um, to a destination that you want to get to in Buenos Aires, um, (laughs) where the bus system is spectacular in the sense that there is a huge amount of it um, and it goes to just about anywhere you want to go but is it is entirely privatized and you cannot for the life of you find a a bus stop or at least a bus stop where the bus that you want to get stops at and uh, you're utterly reliant on them um, fellow passengers who use or fellow waiters at bus stops as it were to um, to set you right which is quite a good thing in its own right but um i i'd say yes and i have a book which i'm very proud of which is a guide to the buses of buenos aires which is about as um, uh, thick as a small bible and uh, it, you can buy it at uh, at newsstands i can hear the listeners um uh, longing for you to read selected extracts from this book For next week's podcast, we can't wait to hear your suggestions for events in the Travel Olympics. You know how to get them to us. You can tweet at youshouldhavebt or you can go to anchor.fm forward slash youshouldhavebeenthere and leave us an audio message. And I've just got um, uh, one shout out, which is for the Perseids, um, the spectacular meteor shower, which it's generally quite hard to see in our polluted skies. But if you do manage to get to France, um, do find a a nice, comfortable rural spot. And uh, between the, is it the 11th and the 13th, they're at their best, just um, lie back and uh, enjoy the display. And the Perseids are courtesy of the Earth sweeping through the tail of the comet Swift Tuttle. Anyway, this is the tail end of the 
podcast Webb Calder. From me, Simon Calder. And from me, Mick Webb. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.